Hi, you're listening to Head Over Heels, a podcast where we explore what it's like to be a modern Asian woman, a safe space for honest conversations and more. I'm your host, Maggie, and in today's episode, we will be exploring the topic of mental health, how it has affected us all collectively, especially during this pandemic, and how we can cope with it. We also have a licensed mental health counselor on the show with us today, together with a guest co-host that I can't wait for you guys to meet. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of Head Over Heels. I'm Maggie, your host, in case you guys forgot. It's been a really, really long time. Our first season ended back in March. And since then, a lot a lot of things has happened. The world changed tremendously and I've changed a lot as well. Uh, we will get to that in a bit. But before we begin, some updates. To those of you who are watching on YouTube, I'm sure you have noticed our brand new set. So shout out to all you guys who have contributed. Woohoo! <laughs> And instead of releasing it every week, um, we will only be releasing a brand new episode in every two weeks. So you guys can take your time and listen to the episode over and over again if you want. And on top of that, we will be having different co-hosts in every episode and guests as well, which I'm very, very excited for. And speaking of co-hosts, Today, I've got my very, very dear friend. She was actually one of our guests in the previous season, so she's quite a familiar face. But uh, yeah, just excited for, um, to have her on the show with me today. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up to the one and only Lizanne. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Maggie, for having me. <laughs> oh, you love her. I don't know. It's just like, you know, like you said, nervous. I know. It's your first episode. And I really want this to go well for you also. And I want this to go well yeah, for of us. Of course. Well, of course. first time co-hosting together. I mean, the yes. last time you were here, you were our guest. By the way, the episode was amazing. A lot of people resonated with it. In Thank case you, you guys, yeah, in case you guys um, didn't catch it, it's in our first season. So go check it out. Forgot which episode. It's been way too long. Yeah, I think it was in March. Way back in March. Yeah. yeah. So how are you? I'm good. Thank really? you so much. I know. Usually that's the answer you get, right? When yeah. you ask how are I'm you okay. to I'm fine. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. Um, but I know Maggie, you know, her yeah. how are you is really deep, you know? <laughs> you have to go deep with the how are you. So yeah. Maggie, um, to answer your question, um, right now, mm-hmm. in present time, I'm feeling nervous. Okay. Like I said, you know, Fair I want enough. this to go well. Yes. Overall, um, I'm in a good space right now. You know, I'm happy in spite to of that. everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. And of course, uh, with the pandemic and everything. Um, but there's still some sort of uh, anxiety that lingers from Definitely. a few months back. For sure. You know, especially about my future and the future of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's going to happen to the world with the pandemic, broken societies, you yeah. know, and um, climate change, you know, with that as well. Yep. So um, I'm furious and I'm anxious at the same time. So I that's how I'm feeling right now. can totally relate. I think the past six months were some of the most defining and character-defining moments of our lives. And yes. let's be honest, just when 2019 were about to end, we were like, 2020 is going to be the oh, best yeah. year ever. I remember saying that to myself and everybody around me. And lo and behold... <laughs> And I remember putting on my post, my Instagram post, breathe on 2020. And I'm like, oh crap. Why did I say that? Well, 2020 is like giving you a F you with a face yeah, pretty much, yeah, right? Yeah. And Maggie, how yes. are you? Well, I, 
am in, like you said, in a much, much better space, I'll have to say. And um, I'm glad that we are doing this now when I'm in a better hit space, to of be course. honest. Yeah. The past couple of months has been a roller coaster ride. To those of you who have been following me on my personal journey on Instagram, I have been pretty open about it. Um, to cut the long story short, in March, when we just ended the final episode of the first season was my birthday. And two days later, I fell sick. And it was a long story short, I thought it was COVID-19 because that was when COVID was on an all-time high. And turns out I was, I mean, I was hit by dengue fever, which was equally bad. I mean, just as bad. Me and my partner got into dengue um, right after we recovered from dengue. The recovery period is just as painful, by the way. I think that's something that people don't really talk about much. My hair was falling. My joints were painful this is for after dengue after dengue right after for a, a whole month um i was so fatigued and just tired with life and everything else um but just shortly after i recovered uh, end of june <laughs> i was admitted to the hospital again this time from fainting in the bathroom um, from a severe pain in my lower abdominal area i'm not gonna get too deep into it otherwise it's gonna go on forever um what I thought was just a regular doctor checkup to maybe give me medicine and I'd go home, it was a surgery the next day immediately. And I had to remove a ruptured ovarian cyst and an inflamed appendix. Um, also, because I wasn't really covered by the insurance, which was a story for another day. I know, let's double think. surgery. I thought it was just one. <laughs> Sorry? Double surgery. Yes, it's double surgery. Oh my goodness. So that is a story for another day about the insurance okay, thing. Okay. It's it's sure, not sure. it's both sides fault. Lah. So so please get yourself an insurance and please remember to pay for it. Um yeah, yeah it's not covered. It was a pretty huge five-figure amount that I had to fork out from my pocket without income for months. So that was painful and that has really affected my mental health, having these very terrible experiences back to back. But uh, you know what? Fast forward to now, I'm just glad to be alive. So whenever someone tells me, how are you, Maggie? My response is, I'm just glad to be alive. It's been a, yeah, it's been quite a journey to get I here. I think that's a good response, Maggie. Right? And for today's episode, we're actually diving deep into mental mm -hmm. struggle. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys who are listening right now, mm -hmm. and to those of you who have also been sharing your stories and your personal struggles with me, thank you so, so much. You guys are the ones who have inspired me to start off this season with this topic because I feel like, if anything, apart from the COVID-19 coronavirus going around, we are also going through this collective mental struggle. Yeah. Do I make sense? I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah? Makes like, sense. everyone yeah. is anxious everyone is unhappy sad depressed so which is why today we do have a very special guest which i'm also very excited about um she is a licensed mental health counselor from Kara Kara. How do we pronounce Kara Kara? That was a conversation we had. Yeah, we had that it's earlier C -A -R -A, on. C-A-R-A, C-A-R-A. So if you guys are Malaysian, you'll probably say Chara Chara. <laughs> that was my first time <laughs> pronouncing it. I said it that way. But yes, it's Kara Kara. And what exactly is Kara Kara? There's also a meaning behind it. And for that, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Please put your hands together for Sarah Ow. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me here, ladies. 
Well, thanks for saying yes for coming on the show. Really excited to be here. We are excited to be asking you a lot of questions. Sure. Actually, we, we, we are very curious, right? <laughs> sure. About everything. So, yeah. yeah. Also, the another reason, guys, why we are doing this um, episode to touch on mental health is because World Mental Health Day is actually happening on the tenth of October mm-hmm. in two days. Because today is the eighth of October. Um, yes. It's also your birthday on the tenth. Is that That's right? right. That's Happy right. Happy birthday! <laughs> Happy birthday! Thank you. Thank you. So yeah. Um, there are a lot of questions surrounding and topics and conversations surrounding mental health that's been ongoing. But what does it really mean to have a mental health disorder or if you're going through mental health? I think that's some of the questions that we'll be diving into today, mm-hmm. which is why we have you here today, Sarah. Yeah. So the expert is going to tell us um, what's up. And educate us yeah. with before, a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> before that though, please introduce yourself to our listeners right now. Like, who are you? What do you do? And how did you come about being a mental health counsellor? Well, that's a really long story, but I'm going to keep it quite short. Yeah. You know, so sure. I... Studied Master's of Professional Counseling, mm-hmm. and so I am registered with the Lembaga Council of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. So that's the Board of Counselors Malaysia. So I'm licensed, I'm able to practice and provide counseling. Essentially, I do in-person therapy, online therapy as well, and I started my own practice with a few of my friends. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea when we started the practice was to provide really affordable therapy because, yeah. you know, we really feel like in Malaysia, it's not talked enough it's not accessible enough. And so we're trying to find in our own little way, how can we provide our services to you know the general public here? I think that's amazing because one of the many questions that at least most of my followers have whenever I touch on mental health, how does therapy work? How much is therapy? I cannot afford therapy. So I think what you guys are doing with this practice that's called Cara Cara, is yes, that right? Yes, Cara Cara. <laughs> so, How did the name come about? Yeah. Wow, okay. Cara Cara is actually a navel orange, mm-hmm. um, I think in America. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out about it, it's real interesting because on the outside, it looks like a standard orange. But when yeah. you open it, it's a reddish flesh. Mm. So it's really different. It's really unique. So I kind of saw it as, you know, we all, as humans, we look similar. We're all humans, but, you know, we're the same kind. But when you look deep within, we're all special. We have potential. We just need to open up and find it. So that's where the meaning comes from that metaphorical representation. But also, coincidentally, like you would pronounce Chara Chara. Yes. Because it makes so much sense as well in the local context as a Malaysian. Chara Chara means like techniques, methods, and therapy is a method to, you know, having better mental health. We as therapists, you know, counselors, any sort of mental health professional provide different Chara Chara. For you to cope and get through with your struggles. I love that. That's a brilliant name now that you've broken it down for us. Thank you. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. We definitely... We definitely need a lot more avenues and um, for more affordable therapy. I personally am going for therapy and mm. I have been going for two years plus now with the same therapist. Good I on love you. her. Good on you. She changed my life and I never regret it. Although I would say it's very expensive. It's not the cheapest. But okay. for me, I see it as an investment because I saw how it has really changed the way I am. The person that I was before therapy and after completely different Mm -hmm. in so many ways but yeah having said that before I started therapy funny question I never knew the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist counselor therapist feels like there's so many terms out there 
So maybe Sarah, you can enlighten us about that. Sure, would be happy to. Well, to start with, therapists is a very generic term. Mm-hmm. I would say you have massage therapists, physiotherapists. Mm-hmm. It's a general way of just seeing it because we give therapy. Yeah. Um, broadly speaking, we're all mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. So psychiatrists specifically are people who can prescribe medication. All right. That's a very huge difference there. And a clinical psychologist can diagnose disorders. They cannot prescribe medications. Okay. They can diagnose. They do very formal assessments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've gone through many years of training yep. to know specifically, do you match this list of symptoms mm-hmm. in order to say, yes, you have an anxiety disorder, generalized anxiety disorder or anything like that. Mm-hmm. For a mental health counselor, a licensed counselor like mm-hmm. myself, I'm not able to diagnose nor do I give per- uh, medications, mm-hmm. but I am, you know, trained to understand the different disorders mm-hmm. and help people on the day-to-day issues, um, and essentially provide top therapy like a clinical psychologist yeah. would. Right, understood. Mm-hmm. And I if it's great because yeah. I've never been to therapy myself. Right. So learning from you right now, the difference between a psychiatrist, a therapist, and a psychologist, yeah, it, it benefits me a lot today to Definitely. understand. I hope you guys yeah, learned a thing or two and know who to go to yes. when you need help. Yeah. Depending. Yes. So, okay, let's just give a scenario. I'm not feeling so good. Mm-hmm. I'm overwhelmed with work, mm-hmm. just lost my job mm-hmm. and family issues, drama, and mm-hmm. I just need help. Who should I go to first? You can start with a counselor mm-hmm. and you talk about it. And if the counselor thinks, you know, perhaps you want to get diagnosed for this, for more specific treatments or for medication. And if, and that's also with your consent. Mm-hmm. It's a very collaborative approach. It's not like a doctor who's just like, here, do this, do that. Yeah. But rather the counselor would discuss with you, like, mm-hmm. you know, do you need this for insurance? Do you need this for your work? Do you need a proper diagnosis? Right. And if you think, yeah, you know what? I really want to know, do I have a specific disorder? Get a referral over to a clinical psychologist, go with that and then, you know, decide from there. Do you want to continue therapy with the clinical psychologist? Do you want to go back to your counselor? That works too. If you need medication go to a psychiatrist right away and just you know get medications from them right, right. okay so um sarah just to just to ask you this question mm-hmm. what we're going through now collectively in the world mm-hmm. um what a common uh, mental health breakdown that's affecting all of us right now we bit the whole pandemic you know it's really common to have social isolation, mm-hmm. higher levels of loneliness due to that. Definitely. Especially people who are living alone. They're no longer living with their family at the time that the pandemic hit. Um, and it can be really tiring and, you know, depressing for a lot of people to basically face themselves every single day. Definitely. Social isolation is one big thing. And then you've got obviously job loss, yeah. massive job loss, mm-hmm. widespread, oh, yeah. and, you know, the financial challenges that comes with that, a little uncertainties. Mm-hmm. A lot of anxiety will come up from that because of, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen next. Yeah. For the most part of our life, we don't know either. But But, now it's even more difficult to predict. Because we can't have a plan. Exactly. And even if we try to have a plan, we don't know if it works because we've never experienced this in this generation. We've not gone through such a huge thing in the world. Yeah. I agree. It's a very unique experience Mm -hmm. because um, the last time a lockdown, a global lockdown on this scale has happened was a hundred years ago. Mm, That's right. Right? That was so long. And definitely, um, I think a lot of people just don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. And the other 
frightening thing for a lot of people is that we usually get to get out of the house, oh, yes. go to work, go to school, have your own space. But now you're stuck with your family yeah. or your housemates yeah. and you have unresolved issues, conflicts that you've been avoiding this whole time. You're forced to confront it more mm. and more. And if you can't handle that or you haven't figured out a way to handle this communication, yeah. it can be really anxiety provoking or it can send a lot of depressive symptoms coming up as well. I agree. And totally. also to those of you who maybe are living with your partners, mm. a lot of unresolved issues that could be amplified even more during this lockdown or it definitely happened to me with my family not just with my partner it's overwhelming that's I think that's the only word I could think of to describe it yeah yeah, um, yeah. and I also um, realized that not overwhelming it's just like this is mental paralysis that's yes. happening mm. like you just get stuck and you oh, just yeah. cry sometimes yeah and I did I cried Sometimes, you Sometimes know, yes. I cried a lot. <laughs> that's, and that's Which just really normal, yeah. guys. It's good to cry. It's good yeah. to release because that's your body's way of, you know, releasing, of allowing yourself to know that I am sad. I yeah. am scared. Mm -hmm. And you want to respect your body and your mind yeah. by letting it do what it needs to do. And if it needs to cry, you cry. Mm -hmm. That's I, perfectly okay. That's also one thing that I've learned in therapy that if I need to release my emotions and let it out, I should. If I need to cry, I do it. Mm -hmm. It took us many years to recondition ourselves, yes. right? You to know actually what? cry I mean, and talk up, about stuff. Yeah, it's true because I, I remember being a kid and when I cry, my parents said, stop crying. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Don't cry. So I think that has kind of conditioned us to respond that way every time we cry. Okay, I'm not supposed to cry. I shouldn't show my Distract my ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, there are many more questions, but I think we will first off start off with a very common um, term that's mm. been thrown around a lot between yeah. my friends, my peers, the people that I follow is <laughs> the word depression and anxiety, which I think it's, I mean, I know there are many different types of disorders or um, mental health challenges on the bigger scale, but today maybe we'll just focus on these two that's the most common um is there such a thing called high functioning anxiety high functioning depression and just depression anxiety i mean what do they mean and are they any different from one another it's not a clinical term okay. high functioning okay um, <laughs> you know but to really just explain it when we say high functioning anxiety high functioning depression it's usually with people who feel like oh you know i have prolonged anxiousness, prolonged sadness, but I can still hold a job. I can still have my relationships and still have my family and all that kind of stuff. So yep. it feels like you're imagining anxiety and depression to be, oh, you know, I can't get up, I can't do anything yes. at all, right? But what it really actually is, is that when we have anxiety or we have depression, there are many um, levels of it that's mild to severe. Mm -hmm. And so for those with milder depression or milder anxiety, they can definitely still go out and have work and things like that. Mm -hmm. It might be episodes, like just some days or one day where you just feel really depressed. And the yeah. next day you're like, I'm good to go back out again. I'm not super happy, but I'm in there. You yeah. know? So when we talk about a clinical term, we will look at things like generalized anxiety disorder, right. major depressive disorder. Those are more technical right. terminologies so no such thing as high functioning or low functioning it, clinically no such thing but right. it's okay to use it if you're just talking about your experience you're right. trying to relate to make people understand yeah, why yeah. I see. understand so okay, okay. I mean 
we like you said, there are days where we are depressed. There are times, moments of the day where we're super anxious, and then we get overwhelmed, and then mm-hmm. we panic and hyperventilate. I, I'm sure we've all been through something yeah. like that before. But at what point does it become a problem, or I mean, I mean, lack of a better word, a disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a disorder if you get diagnosed, right? But if you know, broadly speaking, mm-hmm. if you want to know, you know, should I seek help? Should I really pay attention to this? Yeah. Um, one big um, factor I would say is whether it affects your work. Does it heavily affect your relationships? Mm. And in the sense that if you find yourself like, I don't want to go to work at all. If I can, I'm going to take MC right through or find ways to get out of it. Or you can't even allow yourself to have social relationships and you don't want to go out and meet your friends. Yeah. You know, things like that is affecting your daily functioning, how you normally would react and respond to your day-to-day life. Yeah. That's when, yeah, maybe you want to pay attention to this. You know, yeah. that's something your body is telling you that you're not dealing with. That you actually should turn to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And how do we differentiate between all these mental struggles that we are having? You know, it's uh, in the like difference. Difference between like what anxiety, yeah, anxiety depression, depression. Right. Um, okay. To put it in a way. Okay. So anxiety, you would think of what worrying, nervousness, mm-hmm. overthinking, mm-hmm. overthinking, yeah. panic, and panic, things like that. Yep. Depression is usually like sadness, loneliness, mm-hmm. feelings of hopelessness, worthlessness, like. I'm a useless person. I'm never good enough. Things like that. To put it, there's this American psychiatrist who depicted it quite interestingly. Anxiety is like if you're hanging off the edge of a cliff by your fingertips, mm-hmm. you're about to fall down, and you're mm-hmm. feeling that fear of falling. Mm-hmm. That's what anxiety is kind of like. Whereas depression is you've already fallen. You okay. already fall at the bottom. Maybe your arm is kind of broken, yeah. and you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I went through such a tragedy. Yeah. I'm right at the very bottom. Literally, even mm-hmm. that's a kind of a difference I would say between anxiety and depression. That's a good metaphor to, yeah. to metaphor. put things into perspective. Yeah. I'm just thinking about you know the past moments where I've yeah. Felt, you have you know, a bit of yeah, flashback, a, a little Definitely. bit here and there. And how about I just wanted to ask you know the difference between panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Oh, good question. What's the difference? Yeah, good mm. question. So anxiety is the feelings of you know anxiousness and all like that. Like a heart beating real fast. You can have those symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a panic attack is uh, maybe about a 20 minute, 30 minute long of an attack where it's like you're having um, difficulty breathing. Mm. You feel your shaking. heart rate. You feel a pain in your chest. You're going to yeah. be shaking. You're yeah. sweating and all that. Mm. And it feels like you're going to die. Sometimes it could feel that oh, way for oh, some yeah. people. But oh, yeah. each person experiences panic attack very differently. Different. So I wouldn't generalize mm-hmm. it. But there are moments like that. And sometimes it could even happen when you wake up in yep. the middle of the night and you're just feeling this sense of, I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of like what panic attack is. But there's a difference between an anxiety disorder and a panic disorder. Because mm-hmm. a panic disorder is a panicking about panicking. So panicking about, about panicking. Yeah, oh. so if you've experienced panic attack once, yeah. okay. and then you're like, oh my goodness, I don't want to go through that again. It was yes. terrifying. Right. And so now I'm going to protect myself from ever getting a panic attack again. So I'm going to like not go and you know hike or run in case I bring up the panic attack yeah. again. Yep, yep. I won't be overly strenuous. So protecting yourself from going through the same experience yes, again. Yes. But okay. actually, you mean yeah, but you may not actually experience panic attack again. It really yeah. depends. So instead, it becomes panicking about panicking. Uh-huh. But anxiety okay. is just 
just, you know, every now and then you might have these episodes of just being really nervous. Or right now, you guys mentioned feeling nervous yeah, about this episode. Yeah, yeah. I am too, but it's not necessarily having an anxiety disorder. Yeah, <laughs> but just we are anxious. anxious. And it's yeah, normal yeah. to feel this way. Yeah, I think we are humans and mm-hmm. it's so normal to feel depressed sometimes, yeah. anxious, lonely, nervous. All these emotions, I feel it's so necessary mm-hmm. to make us human and, and I, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that as well yeah. as we go through sadness, mm. as we go through anger. Yeah. So we can learn from it yeah. and become, you know, wiser. And um, learning how to cope with these emotions yes. rather than just, you know, shoving it to the side and not deal with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but I used to be the kind of person who would pen things up and I don't talk about my emotions. Even though I'm angry, I'll say I'm not mm-hmm. and I'll just pretend everything's okay. And obviously there would be times where I'll just blow up and say that I'm not okay. And because of my own choices when it comes to dealing with these emotions, but of course, after going through therapy, I've also learned to properly be able to process it. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes not on a deeper level, it could be a very brief momentary um, feeling of anger, but I'm able to regulate it. Yes. I think that's so, so important for us. But, you know, that's me. Mm. But what if a person is living with someone who could be going through these symptoms or these mental health struggles, how can they identify it to to help them? Or, I mean, I know we can't really help the person, but to be able to identify, so you yourself as the person who's living with someone who's going through something, to know what to say or what to do. Right? Yeah. We it definitely hurts, you know, to watch someone you care about yeah. go through such an experience mm-hmm. and you want to make sure that you're there to protect them or to help them whenever you can. Yes. Um similar to what I said earlier about how if you notice it's affecting your work, yep. your relationship. So likewise if you see a family member or a friend going through those experiences or they're not going out with you for lunch anymore, you know, yeah. and it's a general thing, not just you, maybe they don't like you, I don't know. <laughs> But, but generally speaking, if you notice these kind of changes in behavior, then maybe you want to pay more attention. That's when you want to talk to them and ask them like, hey, you know, I'm a little bit worried about you. And you know, notice these differences, notice these changes. Just want to check in, like, how are you doing? You know, is there anything that maybe I can help you with? And you just want to talk about it. I'm here to listen. Mm. But it's really important that we invite them to share yeah. and we yeah. express that we are worried we're yeah. concerned but not guilt trip them yeah, of course you know some people yeah. have a tendency just like you know it hurts me so much when i see you like this can you not be this way yeah you know you're hurting your family oh. can you see what it's doing to everyone that's not that. okay that's yeah. awful no, but yeah. it's coming from a you know well-meaning place for sure but it doesn't come across that good and it may not be received in a mm. way that the person intended to give. Exactly. Right? I'm sure the person who asks questions mm. like that, and I'm sure a lot of people do that because it's out of the lack of awareness, mm. I would say. Um, it's not a bad question mm. to ask yeah. or to say, but obviously with someone who's going through mental health, I mean, this is speaking from experience. I used to be the person who would say things like that. And when I was going through that and people said that to me, it really triggered me. Mm-hmm. It, I felt so misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I felt so lonely mm-hmm. and I felt like nobody understand how, what I'm going through. Yeah. If I make sense. Yeah, it no, absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you feel you felt rejected yeah. because of the words that's being used by your friends yeah. and family, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I just like pause this moment, but yeah. you just did. That was empathy. Mm. 
validating her her feelings. Thank you. It was really good job. It. Yeah, and it feels good just hearing that. Like she gets you. She gets yeah. that you felt rejected. Yeah. You know. So when we want to talk to someone who you know trying to reach out to help them, mm-hmm. hear them out, and then really find truth in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Even if you know sometimes someone can say you know I just broke up. I'm never gonna find anyone yeah. again. I'm gonna be lonely for the rest of my life. You might think like you're girl, not gonna be lonely. Please. Yeah. You know. Right. But if you say that, you're rejecting them. Yeah. You're rejecting their reality, but yeah. instead to say, "Yeah, I know you can feel that way. Yeah. You know, you just lost someone that's important to you." So yeah. you say things like that; they can tell you're reaching out. Mm. You really want to be there and help them. Yeah, I think just showing grace and having yeah. empathy and choice of words are very oh, yeah, important. Very I mean, important. you can be trying to mean the same thing, but mm-hmm. the way you say it, mm-hmm. it can come off completely different. Mm-hmm. I learned it the hard way as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good way to put it to show empathy. But again, a lot of people don't really know how to do that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is difficult. And honestly, even as a professional, we are trained and we are constantly, constantly practicing how yeah. to exit empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only give a few tips, which is basically finding truth in mm-hmm. what they say. Yeah. And then really trying to see what is it that they're feeling? What is it that they're thinking? Right. And reflect that. Mm-hmm. Like yep. what you did just now. Yeah. You can hear in her words, she felt rejected. Mm-hmm. Say that. And then they're like, oh, you're empathizing. Yeah, you you feel me too. You know, exactly. What if, Sarah, if Mm -hmm. there are no symptoms that you can tell from a person that's going through depression? Like I had a friend, Mm -hmm. um, he was going through massive depression and Mm -hmm. uh, he took his life. Mm -hmm. And um, nobody knew Mm -hmm. what he was going through because he was just... His normal, normal self. Mm-hmm. He was happy and always happy-go-lucky, mm-hmm. never showing an ounce of difference in his routine, mm-hmm. daily routine. And one day he just, you know. So I'm wondering about that too. Yeah. So sometimes people don't have that. Yeah. Those symptoms that you can yeah. tell. Yeah. They're going through something. Honestly, listen, like sometimes we don't know. We really don't, and that's the truth, because we don't know everything. We can't protect, we can't save everyone. That is the very, very painful truth. That's what I learned last year. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, if they are there to willingly show you, you know, that they're in pain and they need help, then great. But if they don't, that's also their choice at the end of the day. And when it comes to helping people, we need to remember to respect their choices, no matter what. Even if you think... Therapy is going to be good for you. Getting out of bed is good for you. And you can like force that down their throats. But if they're not receptive of it, it's not going to work. And so in cases like that, which is, you know, really unfortunate. And there's a sense of as someone left behind, you wish you had known. Yeah. You wish you had seen it, Mm -hmm. right? But if it's true conversations and you couldn't tell, you just couldn't tell. And it's not your responsibility at the end of the day. It's not. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the toughest part to, I think, to take. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's never easy. And I'm so sorry you went through that, Lizanne. Yeah, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's good to, you know, open up conversations like yeah. this yeah. and normalize it. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. And what we can do before this happens or after this happens is to educate ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm glad that we're having this conversation right now. Mm -hmm. But I also just want to put it out there that, you know, all the conversation that we're having here, the symptoms that Sarah has shared is not a way for you to self-diagnose, okay? Mm -hmm. So please don't do that and say, oh yes, I have depression or I have anxiety, but please, please reach out to a licensed psychologist. I hope by now you guys know the difference between a counsellor, psychologist and psychiatrist. If you didn't, just caught us. You can rewind a little bit to the beginning <laughs> of the show and check it out. Okay, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think we have uh, touched on quite a bit. But we have maybe now. I I, I just had a thought. Traumas. Mm -hmm. A lot of these anxiety mm -hmm. and feeling depressed could also come from the past, yeah. and not so much the present time. Sure, and sure. it's like a lingering. I guess I think how you respond. Yeah. To um, issues that yeah. are in your life right now. Correct. It's from. How, yeah, from how past. your past experiences yeah. has mm -hmm. kind of conditioned you to mm -hmm. be this way. So, well, as a mental health counselor, how would you say our trauma can affect us as adults right now in the way that we, we are and the way we respond? Yeah, well, trauma, to begin with, you know, yeah. different people experience trauma differently. Yes, definitely. And you have mild to extreme levels yeah. of trauma. And essentially, you know, some of these traumas, the the affect the way we think about ourselves, mm. about the world, yeah. um, how people around us reacted when the trauma, the traumatic experience happened, yeah. that also sort of teaches us things. Yeah. Essentially, we're just learning. Yeah. From when we were children yeah. all the way to we're adults, we're yeah. learning stuff. So if we learn that, you know, even something like, okay, if you got bullied at school, that yeah. can be a very traumatizing experience for yeah. some people, you know, and if you're bullied, but, and you told your family about it, yeah. no one cared. Everyone ignored you. They said, yeah. like, you know, just man up, you know, or just toughen up. Just tell the, the usual yeah, answer we yeah. get. You know, like, it's okay. People can't hurt you. It's fine. You know, just, just go to school. Yeah. Be that way. You learn that, okay, I'm going through a tough time. Mm -hmm. I am taught to suppress. Mm -hmm. I am taught that me being this way is weak and that's yeah. wrong. And if I were to continue like this, people are going to be upset with me. My parents are going to be upset with me for being weak. So then you want to bring that forward into your adulthood. Yeah. And sure, you're not bullied right now, maybe. But you learned, oh, that thing happened at work. I'm not, yeah, I'm not supposed to talk about my emotions. I'm not supposed to tell people that I can't handle this because I'm going to be weak. Yep. Oh, dear Lord. We learned experiences I can so like relate that. to that. <laughs> So really, oh my! On goodness. many levels, yes, I think. on many many levels. <laughs> yes. You used to suppress everything, you know. Yeah, just not talk here. about it until it manifested into something else, like yeah. a tumor. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you want to share about that? So I had uh, surgery done last year. Mm -hmm. It was a massive tumor that was growing on my neck for the past five years. That I finally realized that I had, I needed to get it out. Yep. Mm -hmm. So why it manifested there was because I think I was suppressing a lot of my emotions in my throat area. Like I wasn't just, I wasn't talking about the stuff that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. I was going through. I, I was going through quite a number of stuff uh, during that five years. Yeah. I know Maggie yeah. uh, knew about that. I was on the show last mm -hmm. year as well talking about it. I was going through a divorce last year. Yeah. And I think there was just an accumulation of everything that I was going through in my relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of. Compounded, compounded into, into yeah. something that was <laughs> massive yeah. and red. And uh, yeah, and I felt so relieved after taking it out. That, yeah. that, that, that moment when I woke up from surgery and I realized that, 
that thing was gone. Yes. Mm. And I felt this whole thing lifted off my back. Yeah. Mm. The divorce, the relationship, you know, the problems that I was facing throughout those years. Yeah. Mm. Just lifted. I was so happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah. Just, I just needed that. Yeah. You know, it was just a physical thing that I just needed to see mm-hmm. come out from my body. So much relief. So much relief. So, and yeah. I found so much strength in that relief as well. So, yeah. Well. So, yeah. So, talk about your emotions, guys. Because <laughs> yes. one day, it's going to suppress so much in one of, you know… Something one, somewhere, one part of your body, and yeah. it's going to manifest into something else, and you yeah. don't want that mm-hmm. for your yeah. body, mm-hmm. you know. And even just for your being able to just be happy on an mm. everyday basis, just talking about things. I think for me, I'm a talker. Yeah, yeah. Ever since therapy, I need to talk, even if it's not <laughs> my therapist, my girlfriends. I need to let it out mm-hmm. because if I don't, it just is. It, suppressing this in and do you talk to joseph about it as well yes so Ah. i think that is a breakthrough in our relationship being Mm. able to talk about our deepest darkest most painful traumas experiences just things that we don't normally talk about and never really got to or just i guess never really knew how to Mm -hmm. but ever since we both go therapy you see so ever since that has happened we had this breakthrough and it has changed the relationship in ways that i could never see coming so yes talk about your problems talk about your shit let your shit out i think that's so so important yeah be honest with yourself if you're not okay just say you're not okay and not Mm -hmm. pretend that you're okay i think Mm -hmm. on a more general base general basis Mm -hmm. that's just so important yeah and think about vulnerability is that people are scared yeah they think that that's going to push people away but actually being vulnerable brings you closer just it's sharing true. these stories. It's so true. Yeah. It's it's true. A and lot. you feel less relate. alone. Yeah. Yes. You feel less alone. You can relate. Yeah. Yes. Because when, I guess, I can speak from my own experiences. Before, I used to be so open about my struggles. I used to be very hateful. Ooh. Because really? I feel like the world don't understand me. <laughs> the world is a piece of shit that mm. don't know what I'm going through. Right, right. And I feel like I'm all by myself in this little hole cave or little mm-hmm. hole that mm-hmm. I was in mm-hmm. but ever since I'm able to you know talk it out with my friends and family not so much family yet maybe my <laughs> friends and my boyfriend and my therapist like I said it changed me as a person you know mm-hmm. you don't have to talk about your stuff to everyone yes. not everyone mm-hmm. is your people it's mm-hmm. true it's just that you got to find your own tribe yeah. that supports you and acknowledge you and, and, and just gives you that superpower that you need to yes. go on to move it's mm-hmm. true because yeah. not everyone knows what to say or no, understands no, you or no. see things in your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we are going through this journey called life on a different track. Mm-hmm. We're running our own race. Yeah. So right. we are seeing things from different, different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's so true that once, but once you find your tribe, find yeah, your find tribe, your tribe. <laughs> it's, it's such a precious thing to have. To have this group of people could be a handful or could be one person mm-hmm. that that will make a lot of difference. A really I strong think. support system. That's yeah. right. Yeah. For as a therapist as well, you know, sure I can be there to listen to you and help you out and guide yeah. you, but it's very important that outside of therapy you have 
a support system, oh, yeah. whether that's family, whether that's friends, whether that's a partner. Yeah. You always need to sort of fill that little system, build it up, build some resources for yourself, yeah. self-love. Yes. You know, all those kind of wonderful things are important. Yes. It's also your own choice because I know there are some people who feel like they don't have anyone else or anyone at all. Mm. And I think to a certain extent, you can't rely on people to open their doors for you. You need to start reaching out yourself as well. And don't be shy about it. Because, I mean, um, I've always been very open on my Instagram. And when I put up stories and a, a few of them, I think a few stories really broke my heart because they would say that they feel like they have absolutely no one, not even their closest like partner, sister, siblings, nobody at all. So if you're listening to this right now and if you are that person, know that it's so true that when we say you're not alone, but it's so important for yourself to take the initiative to reach out. You know, try. because that baby step. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. And mm -hmm. I hope that having Sarah here, maybe after this, you can reach out to Sarah as well. <laughs> and I also want to acknowledge that, you know, can be difficult yes. sometimes to yeah. to see that no one is there for you, no yes. one understands you. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, may, it could be your own resistance mm -hmm. to its reaching out, but that's coming from a place of fear. Yeah. And it's really, really valid. And even when you guys talk about your past experiences of suppressing emotions, I want you to know that it's not wrong that you did that and not to blame yourself for doing that because that's what you learned. Thank you. Okay. You learned that through your experiences. That yeah. was the way you used to survive. You protected yourself yeah. through suppression. Survival but then mode. It is. We were in survival mode. It is. But then now you learned that yes. there's a different method now and it's safe for you to use this method by expressing and talking about it freely. Wow. You really did put things into perspective. Yeah, you opened my There's eyes. There's nothing wrong with suppressing because I always believe in you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. If all you know is to suppress your feelings, which was yeah. what I guess me, you, mm -hmm. yeah. all of us mm -hmm. did at one point. You yeah. at one point. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all we knew to do to yeah. survive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I've learned a lot today, yeah. to be honest. Me too. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we've touched on quite a bit, but... Yeah hyperventilation we did we touch on that earlier um, we panic yeah panic. Well, we did a little bit yeah on that. Um, how, how do we calm down yeah, how do we calm down like okay I've, I've had yeah. i've hyperventilated before and i didn't know what the hell it was yeah. my fingers started cramping all the way up till my face mm. was cramping i couldn't feel my face it was it was like i i injected botox that can't feel anything i can't laugh about it right yeah. now but when yeah. it it's happened scary. it's scary i'm like am i gonna die like you said i'm gonna die i feel like am i having a heart attack is mm -hmm. this how it feels mm -hmm. and i started not being able to breathe my chest felt heavy tight and heavy so right? tight and heavy i can't open my mouth to to utter a word i don't know how to ask for help because i can't even scream mm. it, it felt like like someone was on my chest and pushing me down yeah. and trying to keep I don't want to say the word kill, but like just really pushing me down. Yeah. So, and I'm sure hyperventilation is quite a common um, mm -hmm. situation that mm -hmm. people do go through once in a while, especially on a high stress level during a period of time. So if let's say I'm going through hyperventilation, I'm hyperventilating right now, what are some of the things that I should do to first relieve it? <sighs> To say stay calm is kind right. of like the understatement. <laughs> <laughs> like a little practical tips yes. for those who are yes. listening. Um, 
depending on what your experience is, like if you're having difficulty breathing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing about hyperventilating, shortness of breath, is that you think you're lacking oxygen, but actually you have too much oxygen. Right. So right. you actually need to put in carbon dioxide in there. So in other words, instead of taking really shallow, short breaths, yeah. you want to slow down and take long, deep breaths, breath that goes straight to your stomach, not your lungs, your stomach, like a diaphragmic breathing. Okay. So then you really feel a controlled, regulated breathing pace. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. So you want to take that long breath in, bring the oxygen in, but you want to release it as well. So it depends on you as a person. Try it differently on a regular basis first before you actually go into a panic attack mode or you hyperventilate and things like that. Um, It's to practice deep breathing. It's true. Get used to that. And really to tell yourself, like self-talk. That's important. To tell yourself, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling my hands tremble. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling this pain in my chest. I know I can see what's happening to me. I'm mindful of what's happening to me. Okay, what do I need to do? Yep. You know, do I start with breathing? Okay, let me try with breathing. Do I need to sit down? Let me start with sitting down. This will pass. This will pass. And it will pass maybe 20 minutes. But or if maybe it's, shorter sometimes. Or shorter yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah you're right. Mm-hmm. When some people feel like, what if it's a heart attack? A real one this time. There right. are differences between For a sure. heart attack and a panic attack. Heart attack feels like a squeezing sensation in your chest. Yeah. Whereas panic attack can feel like a sharp stabbing. Okay. Into it. It depends. Um, there are also other ways to compare it. Feel free to look it up online. Yes. You know, I think it's good to know these Good symptoms. to educate yourself yeah. for yourself, for other people around yeah. you as yeah. well. If you have experienced a panic attack, any sort of similar sort of sim- symptoms, yeah. talk to a friend or a loved one or yeah. your colleague, whoever you're with most often, and say, yeah. like, hey, if I get this again, yeah. come protect me, be there with me. You know, guide me through, hold my hand or, you know, talk me through to tell me that things are okay, that I'm not dying, that they will get me the help that they need, that I need. And that, you know, this is uh, how to breathe. I just need to remind me how to breathe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's true. Learning how to breathe is one of the homeworks that I get all the time from my therapist. And if anything, I'm not really breathing, deep breathing properly a lot of times. I I keep my breath so short. Mm. (sighs) That's it. But... (laughs) And it feels awkward for me to take deep, long breaths, especially together with my therapist. I'm like, huh, so long, uh, okay. <laughs> you know? So I think that's a good practice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. You can also try mindfulness of, you know, like a five senses. Mm. So if, especially if you're feeling anxious, not just when you're in a panic attack yes. mode, but you're yeah. just nervous about going through a podcast or yes. you yeah. know, starting a, a meeting or doing a presentation. Look around the room and mm. pay attention to what you're seeing, what you're hearing. Sort of like identify and label it in your mind. Mind. Yeah. So it's yeah. forcing your brain to not think about whatever you're trying to panic about yeah. and that you're anxious about. Distracting right? it. In a way, distracting it. Yes. Um, also meditating at the same yes, time. Yeah. Yeah. So you're grounding so you're like, yourself. Yeah. And then you're sort of letting that moment pass. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Another thing pretty similar to the five senses that you've shared is um, one of my ways of coping is to find the sounds around you. It could be a car driving Mm -hmm. past, birds chirping, the aircon running, Mm -hmm. or just your own breathing. Mm -hmm. Then usually it helps me, but obviously not every time, but Mm -hmm. that is a good tool that I've had myself to help me cope. Yeah, do think of it as having a toolkit in your mind. Mm. Like, fill it up with all these little resources, Mm. test it out every now and then. So when you need it, just pull it out. I love it. Because not everything will work for you. Some things work for you, some things work for me. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and we obviously don't know you enough 
to be able to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Again, don't self-diagnose yourself. Right. Reach out to a um, licensed psychologist if you really need to. And yeah. Well, Sarah, we are coming almost to the end of the episode. That was a very, very enlightening um, episode that we have. And I'm yeah. so glad to have you here. Thank you I'm for so taking glad the time. to be here. Thank yeah. you. Well, I guess before we go, mm. we have to talk about the options to reach out for help. Let's be honest, therapy in general is not very cheap. Mm, it's not. Quite expensive for some. It right? is. It is. Especially with what's going on right now, the pandemic with the lack of job and um, pay cuts and mm-hmm. all of that. Our financial stability has been affected in many ways. Mm-hmm. So what are the options to reach out for help? And if someone cannot afford therapy? Mm-hmm. Right. Therapy is available in you know places like government hospitals and private hospitals. Oh, really? You have that. Psychiatrists, oh, clinical psychologists, oh. they work there as well. Okay. So government hospitals obviously are cheaper or government mm-hmm. clinics as well. Those yeah. are options if you choose to use them. They might have longer wait times. Yeah. You know, they're you know give and take and all that. But there's definitely an option there. Um, private practices like mine, uh, we have... You know, different private practice have different rates. Yeah. Um, it can be really expensive. But it can also be a lot more affordable, affordable. Uh, depending on the level of training that a therapist has. It depends mm-hmm. on the facilities, where the office is at. Mm-hmm. All sorts of different factors come into play when it comes to, you know, how they set their prices. Mm-hmm. So that's private practices. And then you also have NGOs. There are excellent uh, NGOs like MMHA, Sales yep. Health. They provide therapy, sometimes free, sometimes at a very, very low rate mm-hmm. by licensed professionals or trainees. So yeah. trainees who are, you know, in their final year of their oh, master's, yes. right before they get licensed. They are also good options if as long as you're comfortable and yeah. willing to give them a chance to yeah. help you out. Yeah. They have really low rates and sometimes free. Yeah. And of course, we have alternative options like online therapy. Some people offer yeah. it cheaper, yes. you know, because without the facilities and all that. Yeah. Um, there's also text-based therapy, call-based therapy. Text-based. Text-based. Yeah. Like Aww. a friend. Yeah, it, not oh. like a friend, but like a proper counseling session. Oh, right. But true text. That's also possible. But it depends yeah. on wow. you and whether that works for you. Because yeah. some people just prefer the in-person, you know, that yes. physical presence and all that. Some people prefer text because they don't need to talk. They don't need to look yeah. at you. And you have, you know, text throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, there are different options out there, even in Malaysia as well. Right. And what about your practice? Like, how can people reach out to Karakara if they're interested? Yeah, just go to our website, karakara.space. You know, we're also on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Check us out. And, you know, we provide really affordable services, I would Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. We start from 80 ringgit per Mm -hmm. session. Oh, wow. That's very affordable. affordable. It is. We try. We try. How long does the session go for? An hour for individual therapy. There are other therapy types as well, like couples therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, My colleague provides hypnotherapy. Okay. Oh, have you tried it? No, I have not. I have tried um, EDMR, EMDR, 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 EMDR. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There are different types of therapy available out there, so <laughs> you check it out. Look at different private practices and see what works for you. Yeah. Give it a shot. Um, with Cara Cara, like uh, this month, because of Full Mental Health Day, we're actually doing our promotion for fifty oh. percent off the first single session. Wow. Yeah. Well, ladies, gentlemen, you guys yeah. heard it. It's Cara Cara dot space dot space. Go check them out. The Sarah and her friends who came together to start this practice. I think what you guys are doing is amazing Thank to you. provide and uh, bridge the gap between 
being able to afford and not afford therapy, I think that's amazing. So if you guys have um, are trying to find a place to yeah. start your mental health yeah. fitness, that's yes. what you call it's it. Mental right? fitness. Yeah, mental fitness or just want to reach out to someone to talk to about your issues, I think yeah. this is a good place to start. And if needed, I mean, Sarah's the best person to ask to they will definitely refer to you to a psychologist and then psychiatrist if really needed mm -hmm. so that is the differences and i love that what care care offers is very really inclusive yes so any one of you who has problems yes. and all that just go and talk to them yeah just, despite just to talk yeah despite yeah. of your race your gender mm. your belief absolutely mm. doesn't absolutely. matter we do not discriminate mm. we want to make sure people of any background is able to access it but yeah. we are also aware of the limitations of you know finances yes so we this is the best that we can do for now yeah and mm -hmm. we want to constantly open up that conversation and provide help wherever possible mm -hmm. so even things that you guys are doing today you know it's fantastic and i'm so glad you guys invited me here because we are having this conversation yes and it's important that we yeah do. and yeah. you know when people say mental health it can feel intimidating mm -hmm. don't yeah. i hope that being able to open up like this mm -hmm. and doing more of it in in times to come we're able to normalize talking about our mental health it's kind of just like having a fever and you need help and 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 reach out to someone to help you feel a little bit better yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. completely normal. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about mental health. We're not necessarily talking about mental illnesses. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just like your physical health, your that's fitness. Right. We talk about going to the gym, yoga. Exactly. We can talk about changing the way we think. We yeah. talk about improving communication with our loved ones. Amen yeah. to that. Yep, I yep, love yep. it. Well, yes, I guess we have come to the end of the episode. Right. Well, uh, as usual, we've got a bit of a takeaway for you. Yeah, so guys, I think what we could take away from this episode today is that to always remember that your problems do not define you. Mm -hmm. So observe them and it often reflects reflect your fears. Your problems often reflect your fears. So what you do and how you overcome it, that matters the most. Okay, so that defines you. Your strength defines you. And wisdom is planted. What you do with that seed, however, guys, well... That's where your power lies. Oh, wow. Amen to that. Yes. Well, of course, anxiety, depression, or whatever mental health struggles look mm. different on everyone. Yes. Of course. Yeah. So pay attention to that. If you know someone is going through, ask questions and just be there for them. Show grace, show empathy. And if that's yourself, don't ever hesitate to reach out. And I hope that by having this episode, you feel like you're not alone. You're less alone. We are here with you. Mm. Um, yeah. I guess that's about it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this is the first episode. I'm so glad it started off feeling this way. I don't know how how I'm feeling right now is pretty overwhelmed mm -hmm. after what has happened in the past six months oh, yeah. mm -hmm. and being able to be here today and be talking about this and hoping some of you will be able to take it and change your life in yeah. the smallest way or the biggest way i don't know but yeah if you have any questions please reach out to us we are on instagram the head over heels oh my gosh i forgot our instagram handle yes <laughs> i think it's, it's head over heels <laughs> <laughs> you guys know it the head over heels we are on spotify apple Podcasts, as well as on youtube so go check out a youtube so you can check out our new set and also put a face to sarah's very soothing and beautiful oh, voice yeah. yes <laughs> so sarah thank you once again 
we hope to have you more maybe in the next episode if we do talk about mental to. health part two yeah oh yeah all right well there you have it ladies and gentlemen again our co-host for today is the beautiful lazan also a very soothing voice i can listen to her talk all yes. day thank you so much for your kind words maggie and thank you for having me on board yes ladies thank you once again and you guys were listening thank you thank you okay that's enough thank you for today so don't forget to fall <laughs> head over heels with yourself and always and i'll see you in the next episode Bye-bye and take care. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it shed some light on how we view mental health. A little tip from Sarah is that you can also get a brief consultation with your potential therapist before you commit to a therapy plan or sign up for the first session. Well, this is a good way for you to ask questions and to get a feel whether or not the therapist is a good fit for you. However, not all practices may offer this, um, but there's no harm asking more about the therapist before you commit. And remember, please please do not self-diagnose yourself based on the conversations that we've had today. And please do reach out to a licensed psychologist for a proper diagnosis if needed. Take care and I'll see you in the next episode.